This is the OTP 4D presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Turn to the folks who've been in the game since 1947. Farm Bureau Health Plans offers the great health care coverage you need with a price tag you can afford. With Titans Radio's Rhett Bryan and Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith. Titans lose to the Jets on Sunday in overtime 27-24. Not going to start with a lot of comments because I think most of it speaks for itself in the eyes of Titans fans. Let's go right to first down. Rep Brian, your play that turned the game. Mike, I thought it was going to be with about 5-10 left in overtime when the Jets are deep. Third and goal at the one-yard line and Danico Autry makes a fantastic open field tackle on a young athletic quarterback in Zach Wilson. Uh, and that was, you know, the field goal right there and the Titans had a chance. But I guess in hindsight, I look back and say it was losing the toss in, in overtime. Tails never fails, and unfortunately, this time it failed. I think it was in the third quarter. So much of this game was about momentum. And when Corey Davis caught that 53-yard touchdown to put the Jets up a full seven points over the Tennessee Titans, you felt the air kind of go out of the stadium on the Tennessee Titans sideline. It showed – that there, there was a shift. There was a shift in that game, and everything was going right for the Jets, and not a lot was going right for the Titans. And I think that a momentum shift that intense was hard for the Titans to overcome. Mine came in the second quarter. 10.08 to go. Jets third and 10 at their own 25-yard line. Zach Wilson, who to that point was 2 of 7 passing with an interception, hits Corey Davis on third and 10 for 13 yards. Not only do they get the first down there and they get Wilson going, Corey Davis fumbled and the ball bounced right up to him to where he could just fall on it, recovered his own fumble. Jets get a first down, go on to complete an 11-play, 75-yard drive and get a score. The rest of the way, Zach Wilson was 19 of 27 passing and looked like a totally different player. It was as if the Titans... Let them off the hook, even though it was nine to nothing, and even though the Titans had failed to score in the red zone, the Jets had shown nothing on offense. You have them third and ten. You've been doing such a good job with third down defense. And, and again, you don't get every one. Nobody says that you get every one. But bottom line, you're in a situation right there where you're going to make them punt at nine to nothing, and you're going to keep the kid going the wrong way. Instead. He got some momentum at that moment. And then also in that same moment, we saw some of the luck that the Jets would have on this day. And, and that's part of it. You know, that's part of getting your first win. They fumbled three times in the ball game, three fumbles in the ball game. They had a fumble on a kickoff, Dane Crookshank caused, bounced forward five yards right to a Jets player. Zach Wilson had a snap fumble. Looked like he was going to kick it. He reached down to grab it. Not only does he grab it cleanly and have time to throw it, he completes a 29-yard pass. It is your day when that happens. And so combine that with everything. Uh, the Jets had some luck, but they took advantage of that luck all day long. All right, let's move to second down. Rhett Bryan, your stat that tells the story. It's with Ryan Tannehill's passing numbers. 30 of 49. 49 attempts, 30 completions, 298 for a touchdown. You don't usually see those numbers that too far apart since he's been the starter here for the Tennessee Titans. And it speaks to me on the level of a couple things. The Wolves at the door with the Jets pass rush 
and, you know, a drop here and there and, and some penalties in some places. But certainly the pass rush in this where, where you know, seven quarterback sacks ended up being one of the, the lines at the bottom of the page. Well, that's a good point, too, because the, the low – yards per attempt goes to the pass rush too he had to dump the ball out a lot to be able to to get yardage to not take even more sacks because they had heat the entire game so i think that's a great point amy wells i think it's the titans red zone efficiency or lack thereof two of the five times they were in the red zone they were able to make something happen that's 40 percent of the time you have to have to have to get points on the board when you are that close to the goal line and that is part of the reason why the titans weren't able to get the separation from the jets that they needed they weren't scoring enough points so i think that that is one of the the stats that tell the story for me all right so one that you pointed out to me on the plane on the way home i'm gonna steal yours <laughs> 10 longest plays of the game Game. The Titans' longest play of the game was 27 yards the first quarter. The Jeremy McNichols screen. Jeremy McNichols yeah. screen pass on third and 21. They also had a 23-yard screen pass to Jeremy McNichols uh, in the in the ball game as well. Okay, so those were the two longest Titans plays. The Jets had five plays longer than the Titans' longest play. They had a 29-yard completion. They had a 29-yard completion. They had a 30-yard completion. They had a 53-yard touchdown to Corey Davis, and they had a 54-yard long pass to Keelan Cole, which set up a score in a situation. So you combine 29, 29, 30, 53, 54, along with a 43-yard pass interference penalty, and the Jets certainly won the battle of chunk plays in this game. Nothing was easy for the Titans' offense all day long in spite of the fact that they gained 430 yards. My runner-up, which I'm just going to throw out because I have a chance, (laughs) uh, the Titans were 5 of 19 on third down. And this is a team that, since Tannehill has taken over as the quarterback, has been anywhere from 45 to 50% consistently on third down conversions. To be 5 of 19 tells you how many long yardage situations and how many desperate situations they were in because they just were not able to avoid bad plays during the course of the ballgame. Again, everything was hard for the Titans and the Jets made big plays. We move to third down. Amy's going to go first here. Your area that the Titans have to get fixed before they go to Jacksonville this weekend. It's got to be sacks. Ryan Tannehill cannot, cannot, cannot get sacked seven times in a football game. He just can't. You need him to do too many things, and it's so dangerous for him to be hit that many times. And you alluded to it, Mike. I mean, that's the obvious one, Amy. That's the correct answer. But you alluded to it just a moment ago. You had a 43-yard DPI a defensive pass interference penalty that set up a score in that thing. And you had, what was the final stat line on on penalties? Eight for 98. Yeah. And you got some offensive line penalties in there. That stuff has got to get cleaned up. Yeah, 93 offensive plays, 430 yards. The Titans averaged 4-6 per play. I mean, that's uh, that's not where they have been. That's not where this offense has been smoking. And and let's let's be honest. You're without some parts. I mean, we we get it. No AJ Brown who's going to make a big play. No Julio Jones who's going to make a big play. You get it. 
I mean, you understand where you're at, but at the same time, it doesn't matter. It's not going to matter this weekend if they can't play. It's all about who you got and getting it done and finding a way to win. And the Titans have to be better in the red zone. You know, the three red zone trips to come up with field goals had another trip to the 20 yard line where they got turned away on fourth down later in the ball game. So, I mean, they had some decent possessions. Mentioned the third down issues kind of jumping out. But I, I think overall for the Titans on defense, it's giving up big plays. You know, that's the area, too, because you're going to see Trevor Lawrence this weekend, and he's a guy who has a better arm than the rookie quarterback we saw at the Meadowlands. He can make things happen, and he loves to go downtown and will go downtown at different LaVisca Chanel yeah. last Thursday night is a prime example. That's it was like exactly a 48-yarder right. that set up a score. I mean, it was a beautiful throw. Well, they can make things happen, and, and you know, they have people who can break tackles, too. They have a good running back. Who, yeah. can, who can make some things happen. They do some things in the screen game. The Titans cannot allow a team with a young quarterback to make big plays that gets him off the hook. To me, that's what stands out about what the Titans have to get improved before going to Jacksonville. Fourth down, Rhett Bryan, one thing you noticed and wanted to share. Well, you know, there's so many things that went sideways that uh, you can point out in this. But the thing that I noticed is is something that was kind of the cautionary tale in all of this is that I started to notice that New York Jets crowd get into it as the team got a pulse from these things that you've just described with fumbles to, of their own that they recovered and penalties that set up plays and just, you know, explosive plays the Titans defense gave up. And all of a sudden it got worked up into a frenzy. It's like they realized we have a chance to see our first win for our rookie head coach for our rookie quarterback and a team that didn't pick to win hardly anything this year that's not obviously the way we wanted it to go but you can hear those things build you and I Mike have done god nearly 500 of these and sometimes it becomes uh that that frenzy that builds up into a boil well that's a great point you you gave oxygen to the fire Mm -hmm. that's what it felt like when you gave up the long pass the shanked punt, the the different things that the Titans allowed to happen, and then the penalties or the lack of execution on their own end. Rhett, you said it just right. They gave oxygen to the Jets' fire, and the crowd got into it, and it'll be much the same situation in Jacksonville. Uh, Amy, you know Jacksonville well. You understand what's going on down there. They have Urban Meyer. They have Trevor Lawrence. They're 0-4 but they're still excited about the team coming off of the Thursday night game with Cincinnati where they played well. They would love to drop the Titans to 2-3 and and see their first win. So I I think Rhett makes the point. The Titans have to find ways not to give the Jacksonville fire oxygen. Right. They've got to stop the bleeding, and they've got a week to do it right now. There's a lot of things that are not going well for this Tennessee Titans team. There's a lot of injuries. There's a lot of mistakes to clean up. This is going to be a busy week. It's going to be a lot of hard work. But going to Jacksonville, a place where we know anything is possible down there, it's a whole different ball game when you're playing the Jags. The Titans and the Jags have that history, and it's another one of those games where you can kind of throw some stuff out the window. You never know what you're going to get down there. And Jacksonville's close. We saw in that Thursday night game against the Bengals, they are a team that's starting to figure some things out. And you're absolutely right, Mike. They would love to get their first win against the Tennessee Titans. So this this is an urgent thing that needs to be taken care of because the Titans can't go into Jacksonville 
making some of the same mistakes that they made at the Meadowlands because you're 100% right. It'll give oxygen to their fire. All right, so what did you notice at the Meadowlands that you wanted to share? I have a question for my sharing. I am confused about why the officials were so confused in the third quarter when Roger Saffold had the illegal touch penalty. While I understand that he did not do the right thing in that situation, it appeared that Ryan Tannehill was trying to throw the ball away, correct? Correct. Roger catches it, which is not his job. No, but he was excited to do it. Right, and I mean, great hands. It was a beautiful catch. It was a beautiful (laughs) catch. It was very nice, (laughs) but I'm I'm confused about why that caught the officials so off guard. Because they thought it was, in that situation, their feeling was that it was loss of down. Uh, So they weren't sure of the proper penalty to assign to the crime, essentially? Well, it's a a five-yard penalty, but their feeling was it was loss of down, and they could not get that across properly. And I think there was some confusion initially as to whether Robert Sala accepted the penalty or declined it. Correct. Correct? Yes. That kind of set up the confusion if I saw it the way you guys did. Yeah. There was was confusion (laughs) on their end about what the rule was. Well, I can also tell you there was some confusion on the sideline as to why everybody else was confused. So everybody in the stadium was equally confused. <laughs> I feel a little bit better now. It did. It was not a good look for the officials. It was not great. You're supposed to know the rules if you're the officials. Right. And I understand everybody makes mistakes, but that's not good. Well, and the thing is, you have somebody from upstairs who's in their ear who can tell them what that is. And, I mean, come on, let's do better. It floated a little too long. Yeah, let's let's do better. Well, and we talk about getting New York involved. We were in New York. Thank you. Like, it's not a long-distance call. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so the thing that I noticed and wanted to share it regards the injuries. Rep mentioned we've been around for a little while, and we've seen some injury breakouts at different points. One of the most hyped Titans teams ever was the 2001 Tennessee Titans team coming off back-to-back 13-win seasons. That team ended up having a disappointing year largely because they were hit with injuries left and right to the point that they were signing guys on Tuesday and having to play them on Sunday, which happened to this Titans team. The 2004 Titans, the late Floyd Reese, held that team together one more year after they had had the great five-year run, and they were devastated with injuries. We went to Jacksonville to play a game at one point. They had a pretty good team. And the guy who was scheduled to start at safety, Scott McGarahan, got got hurt in warm-ups, and he was like the fourth safety. So they're running people in and out. As a matter of fact, they ran a guy on at the end, and he ran into a pass and intercepted it to win the game for the Titans, one of the most unlikely wins they've ever had because we didn't even know most of the guys that were playing for the team. It's a little scary at this moment because some of that feels that way. It's not an excuse to say that this team has a lot of injuries. What you said earlier is right. You have to find a way to overcome it. But they're in a world of hurt in terms of how banged up they are, and they're going to have to figure out some things. We've seen it at different points since. In 2018, for the Houston game, Mike Vrabel went through some of this. We saw it in 2013, in 2014 at different points. But, I mean, this is a tough thing to overcome because as we record this today, they don't know who they're going to have on Sunday, and they may not even know on Thursday who all they're going to have. They're going to hope to get a couple guys back, but they're not going to know for sure. This is a big, big challenge for this staff 
because this is highly unusual to have this situation in October. Yeah, this early in the season is what makes it a little more disconcerting, I guess, because you're going up against some other teams that just haven't been hit by this yet. You haven't reached the point where people are experiencing the general wear and tear of a season. Teams are still relatively healthy, and the Titans are just fighting through a lot right now. Absolutely not an excuse, but it is the reality of what's going on. Well, it's not an excuse, but it's a fact towards the point of if you're having trouble stopping the run or if you're having trouble doing this or having trouble doing that, it's a fact that you have to find a way to deal with because you've got to find a way to beat Jacksonville on Sunday. Yep. That's the OTP 4D presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. For Amy Wells and Rhett Bryan, I'm Mike Keith, and thank you for listening to the OTP. Welcome to the big show where the legends go. Everybody knows it's our house. Fighting for Tennessee, making history. Greatness is meant to be ours now. Hey, we got Titan blood running through our veins.